Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. We have so many exciting things for you today on the show. Yes. No, not really. We're just going to talk Russia. all about Russia and Ukraine. Now, we got some updates on oil, the state of the markets, real estate, of course. Lots going on with the global conflict between, you know, Ukraine, Russia, and obviously U.S. being um, a part of that. So mm-hmm. all things that tie back into yo money, the market is looking red the market, looking dead. the market is moving like Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> jaw in a State of the Union address, baby. It is rolling back Dude, and forth. Speaking of Nancy Pelosi's jaw during the State of the Union she, address, like she, she was, was on some coke or whatever. My girl had the knuckle rub crack rocks going. Whatever she was, she was she in there. Was, she was she rubbing, rubbing the nuts. Oh man! I she thought was, her dentures were literally going to fall out, maybe like four or five times. She has a very, very, very. She she was um, she was coming off a little a little cracky, dude. She's out of her gourd. I think and, what and happened is she went back to SF and picked up something off the sidewalk. It it was very interesting, you know, watching that State of the Union address. And I'm curious what you guys thought. Uh, watching that State of the Union address did not make me feel any more confident about who is. I was happy with a very few things. Yeah, there were there was some stuff in there that yeah. was the very beginning wasn't very bad. Like the first ten minutes um were not terrible. It was also not a long ultra long state of the union. It was one hour, which well, was like why the fuck do you think? I know, I know, but the dude I, can't I knew that even up, I knew that up in the beginning. I was like, at least this one I'll be able to watch. His wits about him for a five minute press conference. Like the fact that they trusted him to get up there for an hour, he didn't actually do horribly. 
There was but, not a lot of substance. It was a lot of repeating. There yeah, was well, a lot of pandering, like, hey, look who we have in the audience, and how, let's clap for this person. Right. And, and well, it, hey, and look at this. Hey, on look top at that. of that, I just thought it was funny seeing and hearing, you know, obviously people have a heyday, just like they do with every president. Once they speak or talk or they do something, you know, in a press conference, right? Memes and all kinds of mashups and videos come out. But it was just so funny seeing how many things that he said in that State of the Union address were the complete opposite of what he campaigned on. Well, and a lot of stuff he said too is complete opposite of the truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, he repeated a couple times some old drums that are beat on the Democrat side of collusion and this and that. And, the, and, and that's, if it's, if, if fact checkers are going to go so crazy on the prior administration, the thing that's not getting highlighted is the fact checkers did go a little crazy on the on on the State well, of the Union, and it's not and it's just getting like, oh yeah, we just won't talk about that. Yeah, we just won't talk about that. Yeah, obviously, fact checking is very biased, and Facebook even published an actual report and came out that their fact checkers essentially it was just their opinions well they were getting they their were opinions from the new york facts. times yeah it's like we were getting opinions from the new york times so it's like well that's a little loaded well if you guys are new to the show welcome in we talk on millionaire mindcast this is all about building your definition of a rich life we love talking all things money on our wealth building wednesday episodes things that are going on in you know the economies around the world policies that are you know, making an impact in the global as well as the US economy and how that ties into, of course, the stock market, your investments in your portfolio, as well as real estate investment opportunities. Ryan is graceful enough to do an amazing financial x-ray for any of our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. So if you haven't taken advantage of that free financial x-ray where him and his amazing team will go through your entire portfolio and just see how you're allocated, make sure you're not getting overfeed based on what goals you say you're trying to achieve, that you actually have a roadmap and a stepping stone plan for getting there. And all you can do is just text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555 for all my accredited investors out there, um, which is actually very interesting I don't know if you've been hearing whispers of them potentially changing the status have, of accredited investors. Yeah, yeah it going won't, from one million to ten million. It won't happen. You don't think so? Nope. Mark my words. Tell me more. There's two hedge funds will be like absolutely fucking not. No way. And let me just put it that would cut that would restrict a lot of money it, coming into their yeah, pockets, right? And their yeah, funds. No, what will not happen? That will not happen. That's about as likely as. Uh, Joe Biden uh, speaking coherently for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> well, for my credit investors, 1 million net worth or more, 250,000 annual income or greater. Um, if you're single, 300,000 if you're married. Yep. If you are looking for syndication investment opportunities, you can text the word deals to 844-447-1555. You can get involved in the San Antonio Opportunity Zone hotel flip. We still got a little bit of room there. Um, hotel flip, hotel development. So you're flipping we, it We flipping that, like, baby. Wow. We're, we're holding there. her. I'm waiting to see the tax um, bill on you that. You get some more information on that by texting the word deals. Also have some other exciting multifamily. We got a distillery coming up here um, this year. So got some exciting stuff that we have been working on as a team. Um, and if you want to know more about those investment opportunities, just text the word deals to 844-447-1555. 
our goal is to give you guys opportunities and really just a space, uh, a space to explore what types of wealth building options are out there and available for you based on the actions that you're currently taking. Or if you know, you're looking to create a plan, that is one of the reasons why I love working with Ryan is you know, my core focus being real estate and building wealth through the vehicle of real estate, the holistic you know, synergy of having a financial um, you know, investment advisor who can help me build and diversify my portfolio in the you know, financial markets. Uh, that's something that I don't spend a ton of time and energy on. And yet I want to be able to know that one, that important piece and variable in my wealth building equation is actually being stewarded and executed on by a professional that I trust, um, which as you guys probably have had similar experiences, you just never know someone's intentions and motives and if they're really capable of doing what they say they're going to do or when they do do it, that it actually you know works out the way it should. Yeah. I will uh, unabashedly tell you, and if you've been a listener to the podcast for any number of years that you've heard me and Matt on here talking, I, I am, have no problem telling you uh, when things don't work, and I have no problem telling you exactly how things will work. There's a lot of stuff on the internet that sounds good, that is shined up, uh, you know, like Forex trading or getting into real estate because it's just so easy. You just go buy a house and flip it, right? It seems or like wholesaling or infinite banking. Made the senior so easy. It's not. And all those people that do that are just trying to sell you something like a dream. Um, probably the most uh, frustrating thing that I deal with in my world is the people that uh, just think that you can invest and make hundreds of a percent rate of return uh, like a day. Not possible. What? Oh, yeah, unfortunately. What the fuck, dude? Or uh, people that like, uh, and then in, in my world, the infinite banking stuff where people think like, hey, I saw this guy tell me that I should take a loan out of my life insurance to get a, to buy my car. Mm. <laughs> or, or pay down a credit card. Or what do you use debt for? You used debt to buy. Income producing assets. Cash flow. That's it. <laughs> I mean, literally. And like, the reason people are so backwards is because in the United States, we teach people how to use, we teach people to use debt to uh, satisfy short term goals like groceries, uh, a clothing item, and push it off down the road and just make the minimum payments. That's credit cards. Uh, you got to make sure that whoever you work with and that's in your corner is like going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly and not yeah, shit I mean, for you. But honestly, for me, you know, you still, every day I learn something new and you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And having people that are on your team that are on the front lines in the trenches, pioneering and leaning in and learning themselves as an expert every single day, sharpening their axe, those are the people that I want on my team. And that's why I love working with you. That's why many people always, you know, at least engage and, you know, want to interact and invest with us because they know that we're consistently sharpening our own acts. We're humbling ourselves every day going, where's the risk at? What's the market giving us? What is this asset class and opportunity? You know, how do we optimize this? How do we win for everyone? Like you're constantly doing the right thing every day and making the next best step. Not saying that you know everything and that you can settle on that and rest Mm -hmm. on those laurels. It's, I know that there's something I can do every single day based on an ever-changing climate of, let's just say, wealth building is not, you know, static. It is not, you know, linear. 
You have to be able to be nimble, pivot, adapt, move, tweak, adjust. And if you don't have people that are willing to do that quickly, your plan could be completely obsolete, right? I'm sure you see that a lot of time with people that come to you with a financial x-ray that the plan that they set as their goals have evolved and changed, the plan and the execution of it didn't change with it. No, a, lo- a common one that I've been seeing, which is weird. Have you ever met somebody that has all of their money in one piece of real estate, but like it's a big piece of real sure. estate yeah. and they just, but imagine somebody that like kept like adding additional units to that one piece of real mm-hmm. estate. That's probably not a great idea, right? Like you want to maybe diversify yourself throughout your real estate holdings. Yeah. I think that, that that's I think that that's a probably minus a home run. Hey, this apartment building, I paid a dollar a door and it's cash flow in ten grand a month. Yeah, per door, sure, obviously, right. I have a lot of people coming to me and said, "Hey, I bought, I inherited one stock. I have half a million dollars in one stock, and I love it because when it goes good, it goes really good. But then, like when the market's down, half my account balance goes away. That's because you have one stock. And you even had mentioned to me because you have a couple IPOs that I look mm-hmm. over." And it's two stocks. Yep. And that account will go up the most when the market goes up oh, and down baby. the most yes. when the market goes down because yep. it's not diversified. You yep. get all the movement of, of two things instead mm-hmm. of multiple things. So some of the stuff I'm getting now too is people bought one stock back at the dip in 2020. It's made 200, 300%. It's down now to it's only 100% rate of return. They don't know what to do. Yep. It's non-qualified. So they have all these capital gains. It's the issues that nobody really talks about, the unsexy stuff mm-hmm. that nobody talks about, that you're not educated, that you don't know about. Hey, I kind of have these golden handcuffs because I'm going to have to pay 20% taxes and I just don't want to bite the bullet and pay the taxes and then move the money into different areas. Yep. Because I'm not thinking tactically, I'm thinking emotionally about I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. That's a common issue I've been running into recently is people having a lot of their wealth or the majority of their wealth in one area. Well, I will say this for anybody that feels like they want to sell and you don't want to pay those taxes and capital gains to good old Mr. Biden, that is the beauty of our Hotel Opportunity Zone fund is you can defer those taxes. So if you sell a business, you sell crypto, you sell stocks, you sell real estate and you try to 1031 exchange it and you couldn't find a replacement property and you know your window expires and you ultimately you know are going to have to pay those gains... That is what an opportunity zone fund magical, is for. Yeah. And you get to make all of that return instead of giving that to the government and never seeing a dime of you know growth off of that money. You can put it into a deferred you know sales. You will eventually pay it. You will eventually. But by probably the time you'll pay it, you should have made a lot of interest off the money you would Absolutely. have paid Absolutely. And if you didn't, shame on you. Absolutely. So that's the beauty of an opportunity zone fund like we have with Hotel Artista. So you can get more information on that by texting the word deals to 844-447-1555. State of the union. Yeah. I was, I thought, like I said, it was, it was. How did the markets react to that? They didn't care. It's all that, all that's going on right now. Uh, every single day, it's kind of like it's figuring out, I think the market's trying to figure out what's going on with the conflict over in Ukraine and Russia. And the problem is it, nobody really knows. Um, there's a lot of misinformation from both sides. Massive. Yeah. We, we had um, a, a call with uh, GoBundance. Um, the thing I love about GoBundance is, you know, a very group of uh, high level, you know, wealthy, resourceful people. And a lot of people have just access to great resources that, you know, you don't necessarily get access to in general. And um, we had two guys in the group that are from Russia 
we had two guys in the group that are from Ukraine. We had uh, one guy that was from Lithuania and one guy that was from Poland. And they all came on and basically were like a lot of their families. Some of them have businesses in Russia or in Ukraine. Um, and the information that they were sharing was just like, there was a lot more detail, but I'll just high level synopsis of what it was. Russia, insane amounts of propaganda. Like you just, you, they, they are controlling every bit of narrative over there. Like right. they, uh, you know, they're making uh, Ukraine out to be fascist Nazis that Correct. are like raping women and yes. stuff. And like, I don't know if you saw, they captured a Russian soldier, the Ukraine did. And the soldier went on and was like, they have him on, it's recorded. It was like, yo, they lied to us. This is not happening. If you're seeing this in Russia, this is not, there is no Nazis. There is no this. <laughs> yeah. So continue. Putin basically made a law this last week that if there's any misinformation yep. uh, being spread by any I media, read that if it's, if it's reported differently than what the Ministry of Defense says. Correct. So basically CNN, like all of these, you know, places that could potentially be known for having a history of reporting things that are inaccurate, they were like, peace, we're out of here. We're not getting jailed in Russia. Um, but what was really interesting as they were talking about this was like, we think, you know, we saw a little taste of propaganda and misinformation. Um, whether you think it came from the left or you think it came from the right, over the last couple of years with COVID and this pandemic, yep. I think we can all agree there's been a massive amount of misinformation and really trying to understand what the truth is and how, based on what big mainstream narratives you're following and subscribing to, it heavily shaped how you think and how you feel and how you took action over the course of the last couple of years based on that narrative of propaganda. Mm -hmm. And what they were saying about in Russia was like, ha 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 America, like you're, you're complaining about propaganda for the last couple of years. Russia has been controlling the narrative and shoving propaganda down every single citizens, you know, into their mind for the last 50, 60, 70 years. And so a big portion, if you go and poll 50% of Russians, 50% of them believe that this war and what they're doing is right, that Ukraine should be a part of Russia because um, that has been their narrative for so long. One of the things that soldier said was the biggest issue is the people that believe it the most are the ones that have no access to internet, Yep. no access to anything it's except that, what the government tells them. It's the, four, it's the 40, 50, 60, you know, it's the older generation, not a lot of the younger ones that are a little bit more tech savvy, a little bit more discerning about, you know, what they're, but essentially he was like, that is, that is why you have a big part of the Russian population of being in support of this because this is what has been, this isn't like what wasn't fed to them like the last six months or the last year or the last two years. This has been going on for the last like 50 years. And so there's that piece of it. And then obviously, you know, some of the stuff that they were talking about that's going on in Ukraine and, you know, um, a, a significant amount of misinformation coming out in the mainstream US media about what's going on over yeah. there. And so it's just at the end of the day, right? Like war just fucks up the economy of the countries World. and the people and 
you know, it's a few really wealthy individuals or power hungry individuals that end up benefiting from it. Uh, yes. And NGOs and stuff like that. And I, again, nobody really knows what the whole goal is. The thing that's, that's what I don't get. The thing that I can't figure out is the amount that it's costing Russia. I don't know how they're going to afford. I mean, they're, they're going to come to a point where they have to either win the war or stop because they're so cut off and ostracized from the rest of the world, they can't do business. Well, I just saw an article that came came out this morning that said... I mean, Russian this, people this is are from, going to be, I mean, pissed. Right? This is from Reuters, and it says, Russia will stop in a moment if Ukraine meets the terms. And this was a direct quote from the Kremlin himself. So I don't believe that I, this is the thing that Ukraine is going to do. I think, I think they're going to say, if you're going to do it, you need to do it. And we know you can't take us over. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep killing people, keep making yourself look the way that we know you are. Cause all you're doing is making yourself more. Well, I need there. He's legitimately right. One domino at a time crippling their economy. And you see the sanctions that, you know, have started to trickle out of what more and more of those are. Now you're seeing, you know, yachts and mansions and anybody that's tied to Russian oligarchs or, or you know, the government or high up wealthy, like all well, their pulled, stuff's getting F1 seized. F1 pulled everything. Visa's pulling stuff. You got TikTok, I mean, Amex, National Netflix. Taekwondo Association oh, hell revoked, no. his, revoked How dare Putin's he? black belt. <laughs> that ain't cool, man. They were like, no. But it is, so it's really interesting to see how... These wars are not, yeah, they're getting fought on the ground right now, but they're also like what's very interesting now is how world wars can get fought digitally and, you know, in very many different ways. One of them that we're starting to see, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me why the Biden administration is doing what they're doing is energy independence. I mean, look at the price of oil. And if you haven't, you know, seen what your price on uh, your little gas meter looks like to fill up even half of your tank, let alone a full tank, is now. I mean, these are real things that are going to hit America, and yet we have oil reserves. We could immediately start releasing barrels of oil to lower some of the pressure that us as Americans are seeing. Instead of going to Texas, now Biden's trying to cut a deal with Iran. Like, there's just so many things that, like, why are we not working towards mean energy independent, you know, we are manufacturing independent, like a lot of these things that we have the means to do. And yet we're still going off and doing a lot of things that ultimately are not helping and making, bringing jobs back into America, protecting our borders. You know, America first policy doesn't feel that way to me. And ultimately this is all stuff that financially is impacting us, right? Yeah. The thing that we took a step back and had to tell our investors is we only can really quantify about a dollar and about 15 or 20 cents of additional price increase uh, due to the current administration. The difference on that from our about $2.80 baseline it was going to happen regardless of who was in, sure. um, in yeah. the office. Because we st even if we had energy independence right now, we would still be buying oil from the same places. So we would have to still curtail that and make decisions. Um, with all that being said, your argument saying that, you know, 
yeah, but if you, you know, the Keystone Pipeline, it'll take a couple of years to get open and this and that. Well, if we had the Keystone Pipeline, the main thing that it allows us to do is buy a lot more oil from Canada. We are capped. We're, we are buying the maximum amount of oil that Canada can safely and readily give to us on a day-to-day basis. They're a huge oil trading partner with us. They have a ton of oil up in their um, areas, very resource uh, rich. That was the reason that the Keystone Pipeline was very big. We have our strategic oil reserves, but we use between 10 to $23 million a barrel a day per million barrels per day. So when you know, the Biden administration announced that we were going to release 30 million barrels into the market, that, that was absolutely did nothing. I mean, that was like blowing on a forest fire with your mouth. And it just doesn't do anything. So I think that what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to start moving or figuring out how to navigate towards that, which is not going to be popular with their voter base, which is, again, why I hate politics, because they'll ultimately go towards how can I stay in power yep. but still kind of do what's right. Um, and my prediction is that I think probably this week or next, they're going to make a major deal with Iran having to do something with the nuclear deal. And wrapped up in that is going to be, hey, we need a shitload of oil from you. Like we need you to release a lot of oil back into the market, which is going to piss off OPEC. It's going to piss off Russia, who in my view is an ally of Iran. So we'll have to see what happens. But it's just a lot of, the, there's a lot of uncertainty built up around because a lot of talking has happened without a lot of action. Hey, if, if Finland joins this, you know, I'm mad. But then the Finnish people are like, Russia, shut the fuck up. We have a big ass army and we will fuck you up. So I don't know who you think you're talking to, but our army could fight you and we would be fine by ourselves. just so you know. Yeah. Um, then you have Poland saying that they're going to do stuff. I read another interesting opinion uh, that somebody thought that Putin might have cancer. And that's the reason he's so off kilter. And it would line up somebody with- Somebody ha- else said that too. I heard somebody else say like, is he just kind of like, this is his death wish, right? Like well, he's this just kind of spiraling that out. indicate that and not only his actions, he's super, uh, he's like comically distancing himself away from people in meetings, like 30 plus feet away at a table. When he met with Macron, he was like 25 feet away from him. Mm. And normally when you have cancer, you're immunocompromised and sure, so getting yeah. sick is very bad for you. I read something that said, that was giving the opinion towards that saying, hey, he's acting so crazy, he knows he has nothing to lose and he just wants to feel the vindication of getting this back. That could hold some water. That's the type, but that's the area we're in. It's so nobody knows. We're just throwing noodles at the wall to see what sticks. Right now, the best thing to do as far as being, if you're an investor, buy. If you're in the market, buy. Don't make any silly moves and sell quality stuff that's just down because yeah. everything is going to be down. Yeah. And if you can, buy some stuff that's quality because mm-hmm. it's eventually going to come back up. But this is kind of one of the not fun parts of investing. We have if to you take have volatility. Some liquid cash right now, though, man, it just it feels like it is the right time to reinvest at what feels like a major correction and pullback and long-term you're going to look back and go, I bought in a valley. Yeah. And, and it I'm turned out to be a anybody, great decision. Hey, in six months, we're going to be rich. But in a six in a, years from now, six years, we're going to have back, three times the amount of money that we just put in. And like, I just don't, um, 
again, in today's day and age, especially with COVID happening, people getting stuck at home, instant gratification got hyper accelerated with, yeah, it did. with like zero effort, zero work, don't know what I'm doing. I just want to get rich. Yep. And that mentality will honestly just keep you poor. Uh, you have to just, you have to lose to win. That's a, that's a life lesson. And you have to, in the stock market, you for sure have to lose to win. So there's this guy that I follow on Twitter. His name's uh, Naval. And he's a wealthy dude, but also kind of like a heart centered, like very, he's kind of like a sage, right? Older, older dude. Um, and he said, he basically shared some principles of creating real wealth, kind of like what we talk about, right? It's like, hey, wealth money wise, but also wealth within like your soul, right? And your lifestyle. And so some of the things that he wrote down, I thought were great. And I think for right now, one kind of apply in terms of like, hey, there's things you need to and will always want to be doing when it comes to your wealth. And then there's the things that are go beyond your bank account that still can bring you a lot of joy and happiness and richness beyond what your money can buy you. And so some of the things that he said in this thread, seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer time and wealth. Status is your place in the social hierarchy. Understand that ethical wealth creation is possible. If you secretly despise wealth, it will elude you. And that's something that I think is big that a lot of people like they hear that, but they don't really like exercise the discipline around that. Cause I think everyone in some way, shape or form has some type of like bad money mindset stuff that maybe you have worked on and you don't think you do, but like subconsciously, I think we all have to be aware of the fact that like deep down inside the reality of what a general narrative has been at some point in your life is that money has some level of nastiness to it and yeah. evilness to it, right? And so I think if you secretly despise wealth, it will elude you. That is fact. Like, I believe that. Do you have an investment portfolio and wonder if your financial advisor is overcharging you? Is your money properly allocated where it should be based on what goals you're trying to achieve? If you're not 100% confident in these answers, then don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray by texting the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. You will receive a full financial audit on your investment portfolio and get all the answers to your financial questions so that you can rest assured that your investing decisions are actually aligned with your best interests and the future that you're looking to build. Get started today by texting the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555. We've got... Ignore people playing status games. They gain status by attacking people playing wealth creation games. You're not going to get rich renting out your time. You must own equity, a piece of a business to gain your financial freedom. You will get rich by giving society what it wants but does not yet know how to get at scale. Pick an industry where you can play long-term games with long-term people. That one, I, I starred that one because I think once you find your lane, are you you know you're you can mine in that lane over and over and over again. Yep. And if you're doing it with the right people, that's where it gets even sexier and compounds and mm -hmm. kind of expeditiously comes to fruition. The internet has massively broadened the possible spaces of careers. Most people haven't figured this out yet. Play iterated games. All the returns in life, whether in wealth, relationships, or knowledge, come from 
compound interest. I know you'd like that one. Yes. Don't partner with cynics and pessimists. Their beliefs are self-fulfilling. That's something you and I always talk about, right? Is like, we try and always look at the downside and protect against the downside. Just to know it. But we're always focused on yeah. positivity, optimism, I, you know, opportunity in the forefront, not looking in the rearview mirror all the time. Never shot for something and been like, oh, I missed it. So this was a bad opportunity. It's like, oh, I missed it. How did I miss that? What can I do to hit it next time? Yep. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Learn to sell, learn to build. If you can do both, you will be unstoppable. Arm yourself with specific knowledge, accountability, and leverage. Specific knowledge is knowledge that you cannot be trained for. If society can train you, it can train someone else and it can replace you. Specific, okay, yeah, and that was, that was the last piece on that one. So I just thought, you know, those were some good things that I think, especially in times like right now, when things aren't kosher and rosy and sexy like they were mm -hmm. when people were just sitting behind their keyboard and you know taking a making position a once a day and making you know all kinds of money without really any true skill or you know understanding of what they were doing these are the times that you have to lean in and like when it's ugly and when it's dirty and when it's messy and it's nasty like this is where the real leaders get to work this is where yep. real people lean in and the ones that are going to win big over the long term, they run into the fire instead of running away from it. Yep. And that's where I think right now, let's say in the context of the financial markets of everything that's going on from, you know, what was going on the last two years to what, let's just say we're in at least right now and what seems to be, you know, the near future. Guys, this is the time to lean in and go, this is going to make you that much better of an investor, mm -hmm. that much better of a wealth builder that much better of a steward of your own capital because it's not when shit's going great that you become more weaponized and more capable and you learn and you're more battle tested. It's times like right now. Correct. And it's like times like right now where you get to whittle out the people that are just all talk or actually going to ride the 
pine pony. Like I said, it's hard to go through times when you're investing and you're not making money. You're buying an asset. Maybe you're seeing the value continue to grade or it's flat. It's consolidating. But it's long-term thinking that makes you wealthy. I tell people all the time, I don't day trade. I used to, but I don't day trade with your money. I have to like buy stuff and I say, can I hold this for eight, nine months? What is the... What does this look like a year from now? That's what happens when we buy stuff because if we're not doing that, we're, we're going to be so short-term focused, we're going to cut ourselves off at the freaking nose. Yep. That's the biggest issue with being so short with yourself is you're going to be looking so much right in front of your nose, you're going to miss all the good stuff in front of you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, one of the things that I took away from this conversation that we had with GoBundance and a lot of, you know, because the, the narrative was, with everything going on in Ukraine and Russia and all of the ripple effects essentially that go on around the world and all the different, you know, energy and oil and the markets and the this and the that, right? Like how, how do you one, protect your wealth during these types of times? And then also at the same time, like how do you capitalize on what the landscape of the market is giving you to actually gain some ground? The way you lose money is being emotional. That's probably the biggest way you can lose money in a red market, real estate, stocks, whatever. Uh, The way you make money is by being proactive and not being so blinded by one little negative going on to where you can't see the positive of opportunity. Your opportunity cost is so high when you don't take advantage of it. So I think like what you're saying, hey, you have some cash, I'm not telling everybody on this thing to go dump all your money into the stock market. But what I'm saying is if that's an area that you are comfortable in and you understand the mechanics of it, it's a great time to buy. Could the market continue to go down? Absolutely. Nobody knows the bottom. It decides itself. Yep. But you could get a piece of it. And I'll tell you what, nobody looks back. Like when I bought on uh, March 28th instead of the 23rd in 2020, I don't look back and say, Ryan, you fucking idiot. You missed the bottom by five days. I just say, hey, look at this massive discount we got. Made 147% on this. I'm not going to look at the other 3% that I missed because 2020 hindsight is always my best vision. Yeah, That doesn't mean that I can't win moving forward. So just making, be fair to your money and don't be mad at your money. Like you were saying earlier, you have to treat your money as a tool. And right now, if the tool is best used by purchasing it, when it's cheap, you should use that tool in that manner. When is it a good time to not buy? When the market's riding up. Maybe you reallocate. You yeah. take already made money and put it into areas that can continue to go. And mm-hmm. we do that. But right now, it's a good time to buy. It's not fun to hear that, but that's the honest to God truth. Well, the narrative that we were talking about, you know, uh, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this too. There was two economists on the call and one of them said that, they believe the 2020s are going to be very similar to the decade of the 70s, which was high interest rates, high inflation, um, good to be in hard assets, volatile to be in paper assets. What are your thoughts around that? We're going to have to see what the next 24 months Yeah, I mean, holds. it's to predict a full yeah. decade, right? Yeah. But, but just saying some of, some of the market landscape is, is there 
I don't think that it could ever get to that point again because we yeah, have. Yeah, we were at like 18% interest rates. Yeah, or we have. Like that back then. Yeah, and like the Fed has already said, hey, we're, we're actually really comfortable in this low interest rate environment. We've actually never been here, but in the past 15 years since we've been here, when shit goes wrong, we can fix it a lot faster. Right. We have quantitative easing measures via what we've just gone through that work. We obviously saw they work six months turnaround on a, on a dip in the market versus you know, 12 months or 14 months. That's a big deal for investors. So I don't think that that um, would hold a lot of water with somebody that actually manages money because economists and analysts are paid to have opinions, right? And so they need to give an opinion and all their opinion has to do is be supported. But it's almost like when people like in your space that are very successful, just talk about how they're successful and how you can be successful. And then you're sitting there like in the midst of doing it and like, dude, that is not, that's like, I had somebody say, no, I saw this lady online. She says, just buy businesses. I said, well, yeah, but you have to have a shitload of money to buy businesses. Like it's not just buy a business. Have you ever ran payroll? Do you know how to have employees? Yeah, like, right. There's a lot more that goes on to it. So could that happen? Sure. Yeah. There could be hyperinflation. It's just so highly likely that it won't happen. It's not even worth talking about. In my opinion, what's going to happen is this landscape is going to do exactly what it, all landscapes do, paint the picture for the future of how we will react and expect things to happen. On the next time there's a big black swan event or a huge dip in the market, investors are going to expect now that the Fed injects a shitload of cash. Welcome to what happens when you do something and it works. Yeah, right. So the Fed is going to have to say, okay, well, we have to keep interest rates pretty low because we're not going to pay 14% for our own goddamn money. That's well, not happening. Well, Powell came out this week, right? And he had uh, an address to the White House or, or it was to Congress. The, uh, to Congress and essentially alluded to the fact that like, they're going to be raising rates, at least treasury yields. Quarter, it's a quarter, I'm going to go up a quarter percent, guys. If, if Ukraine didn't happen, we, there would be a chance of them to do more. I don't think, like, it's probably not going to be a half a percent. I think they're going to try to raise rates as a total of a half percent or more by year end. They have to raise rates. I mean, they have to. It's at the point, guys. It's, the it yield actually, curve is... You want them to raise rates because you'll make more money. Tell me more on that. Like you, explain that the cost, to the person that doesn't understand what that means. The cost of money going up holds back the assets that that money is buying for going up faster. What do I mean by that? Money has been extremely cheap. Real estate is on a tear. If money becomes more and more and more expensive, this is, let me teach you guys a little bit of macroeconomics here. If people can't take out money as fast as they were, that's going to slow the pace that they purchase real estate. That's going to slowly increase the inventory and make it less and less and less competitive. That means that you can buy your real estate at a cheaper cost, slightly cheaper. We're not talking about 10% down here, but it's not going to, it's going to flatten a little bit and go back to a normal trajectory. That's good for the real estate market. Banks will make more money. Banks will pay their stockholders more in dividends. That's more cash into the market. That cash is likely going to get invested in their real estate or other investments. And we rinse and we repeat into a vicious circle of money trickling down in a positive fashion 
from banks charging more so they can pay their investors more. Those investors can take that money and buy other assets. Mortgage-backed securities are about 60% of the U.S. economy, so that doesn't suck if people can, if there's more real estate to buy and people can buy it, and they're going to buy it, even if money's more expensive. Those loans have a higher interest rate. That's good for the U.S. economy. So now there's more money going back to the economy. It's a good thing when interest rates are at a level that are reasonable. I will remind you guys that the, where they're talking about taking interest rates is exactly where we were right before the pandemic happened. Employment, historically low. I don't care if you don't like the guy that was in office. The numbers speak for themselves. Any race, it was the lowest ever. Asian, Hispanic, male, female, black, white, yellow, green. That's where we're going to try to get back to. Money was not expensive back then. I bought a house. It was my first residence that I bought. My loan was in 2018, 4.5%. Guess what, guys? I survived. I'm here to tell you all about it. Double the interest rate I would have gotten or did get last year when I redid my loan on my new house. And everything is fine. We have to make sure that we keep things into perspective. And until money gets 7, 8, 9, 10%, and you can't make the amount of interest on the asset that you're leveraging against, that's when it's an issue. But right now, real estate's making 10 plus percent a year easily anywhere that you are on the market. And interest rates are sub 5%. So it's still a good time to borrow money, but we need rates to go up so that when we borrow money, there's more money injected back into the institutions that then send it back to us, that we send back to them, that they send back to us. That's how our economy, that's capitalism. They make money so that we can make money, so that we can give them money, so they can make money, so that we can make money. It's, it's symbacy. Yes. That's how it has to work. So interest rates going up is a good thing. And the market wants interest rates to go up. When Powell we announced, them to go, up. go look when Powell said to Congress that he was for sure raising his, the S&P popped mm -hmm. because that is a positive sign. Right. If they don't raise interest rates, it would be more, it would scare me because that's, that's a sign that the economy, there's something roiling underneath the surface that we don't see that's unhealthy because you, you raise rates in a healthy economy or a recovering economy. You lower them or cut them in a sick economy. So stop being mean to your money, guys. We need rates to go up. Well, this came out from National Association of Realtors Senior Economist Nadia Evangelou. Um, treasury yields fell sharply this week. The 10-year treasury yield drifted down to 1.86% from 1.99 the previous week. Russia's attack on Ukraine added more uncertainty to the markets. As a result, many investors moved from stocks into the safety of bonds, pushing down treasury yields. While it's too soon to know how far or how the war in Ukraine will affect the U.S. economy, Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell reaffirmed in his testimony on, uh, I think it was March 2nd, yeah, that's that the central bank will raise short-term interest rates later in March. So we know it's coming in March. He at least said yeah. that. I still see, by the way, I still see real estate investors that I follow posting stuff that, and again, these are people that just made it in the past like 18 months. Okay. So they're not established. Okay. They just think they are. Yeah. Saying, oh, no, they're not going to raise interest rates. What are you? What? They're saying it right to your face. Right. He's on, that is under oath. 
Thus, the Fed is still on track to use its policy tools to control elevated inflation. That is a key word right there. As there are concerns for potential further upward pressure on inflation, hyperinflation, right? Like Ryan talked about this yield curve getting way curve getting way too flat and <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry <laughs> um, and, and they got to do something to ensure that we don't enter dangerous territory of hyperinflation. You guys are complaining about inflation right now, right? They're saying CPI oh. is what, seven and a half, seven point seven. It's probably realistically nine. in the 10, 12 range. It's probably be, in the low nines. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Following the trend of the 10-year treasury yield, mortgage rates will likely fall, remaining below 3.9% this, at least short term, right, this week. So, however, expect mortgage rates to rise later this month as the Fed will raise interest rates. Fedy Mac will release the 30-year fixed mortgage rate tomorrow morning. Um, and this was uh, last week. So, she should be uh, coming out with something here probably tomorrow. Um Another update on payroll uh, job gains of 678,000 imply a move away from an easy monetary policy um, and a focus on containing inflation. So the Fed Reserve will be raising interest rates this month and beyond. It's going to happen. If you could go put a bet down, I'm not advocating it, but I'm also not against it. It's for sure happening. You are gambling. They're going to raise interest rates by a quarter of 1% which is a lot considering we're at like next to zero, but it's, your guys are going to be shocked. You're going to wake up the next day and the war, and Ukraine and Russia are still going to be in war mm-hmm. and everything's going to keep going the same way. We get desensitized, right? Over time to some of these things. And so- The fucking media. Yeah. They hype everything yep. up way more than it needs to be. So Lawrence Yoon, uh, the chief economist for NAR, um, he said the employment gap between current conditions and pre-COVID days is narrowing with only two and a half million more jobs needed to get there. Yep. Employment in the oil sector is still down by 9,000 compared to pre-COVID days. So expect high oil prices for some time. Inflation is already high at seven and a half percent. And the latest wage gain, only 5.1% in February is still not catching up. Sounds like a whole life policy, negative arbitrage. <laughs> right. More housing inventory will show up later in the year because jobs in residential construction and for general contractors have been steadily rising. There are 314,000 more workers now compared to March 2020. It is a different story in commercial real estate. However, Mm -hmm. as there are 136,000 fewer workers in the sector and office buildings still remain mostly empty, it appears many Americans took early retirement as the labor force participation rate is a full 1% point below what it was pre-COVID. That means some have become realtors. The industry is fiercely competitive. <laughs> that is a that last piece. That out. is a straight. He's like, let me find the belt really quick and go right below it. But with that being said, <laughs> the consensus that we had, you know, on our call this past week is essentially, you know, over this next decade, get into hard assets. Yeah, get into hard assets. You know, you guys know I'm gonna beat the drum of real estate investment until the day I die. That paired with, you know, Ryan, you know, taking pieces of my capital and putting them in, you know, different uh, portfolios and allocations in the stock market. I just think if you're gonna be investing your capital in at least the climate that we know right now and what we think is gonna be the climate moving forward one of the best stores and gains of value in terms of wealth 
creation and protection is going to be in a real estate asset. So looking at the different asset classes that are going to be well insulated, right, are going to be the ones obviously providing shelter, single family, multifamily housing, mobile home parks. Um, I'm a big believer, obviously, in hospitality being that I think we're coming out and trends are showing hospitality is going to do very, very well. But with that being said, right, whatever you decide, if it's you being the operator, it's you looking at another operator and investing, you know, capital into their syndications and their assets, being in hard assets right now, it's really hard to lose in the climate that we're in when you're in a hard asset like real estate. So if you guys got questions for us, don't forget to take advantage of the free financial uh, x-ray with Ryan and his team for your investment stock portfolio x-ray to 844-447-1555 to get on my deals list, text the word deals for all information. Um, You got to be an accredited investor, but to get on that list, 844-447-1555, texting the word deals. And until next week, guys, we appreciate all of you, all the love, all the support, all the emails and messages that we get from you guys. If you haven't hit subscribe, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you enjoy listening to this content on, and we will see you guys next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.